Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can find the show online at buildingthefutureshow.com or follow me on Twitter at Building Show. You can also find it on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Dr. Abdallah Kablan. He's an entrepreneur and academic specializing in machine intelligence and intelligence and big data analytics. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Kevin. I'm very happy uh in your show thank you yeah so maybe just kind of before we get into uh things maybe we can talk a little bit about where you're currently located because i'm extremely extremely jealous <laughs> oh yeah i mean i'm uh in malta moment it's actually where i grew up uh, malta is a tiny island in the mediterranean it's a beautiful island it's very small i mean if i uh can quote the uh, the famous book of uh, Professor F. Schumacher, where he says, uh, you know, small is beautiful in his book uh, that is uh, a study of economics as if people mattered. Uh, and he's always tried to champion a small, uh, like an approach where small uh, entities are actually entities where people are empowered and uh, in contrast to bigger places where people are usually not, not as happy as with smaller places. So we've always been, uh, you know, happy. The weather has always been great. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's inspiring in a way, especially for, for myself, since I'm in the technology sector. Uh, I find it very comfortable working from, from a place like uh, Malta. Sure. So, so I'm guessing you have some ocean views and whatnot, or yes, yes, it's Mediterranean <laughs> views. Uh, the sea is is very calm. We don't have uh, very rough waves sometimes in in winter, but I mean, as uh, as you know, it's October now, and uh, we're still in our t-shirts, so we're doing quite great. <laughs> sure. So, is it pretty much summer all year round? It changes what five degrees, maybe? Uh, no, it it does. It does. We do have winter. Uh, winter between November and uh, March, but is uh, is not as cold as uh, as in North America or North Europe. Nowhere as <laughs> as cold as that. So the average in winter is maybe uh, 10 degrees uh, centigrade. Sure. So I'm curious. Then living kind of on a small island in the Mediterranean, how did you get into technology? I mean. Uh, Personally, I've, I've, I've always been uh, inquisitive. Uh, you know, I always loved science, uh, math, physics, chemistry. Uh, my parents uh, say that when I was in kindergarten, I've always been uh, the little pupil who would color out of the box. So, <laughs> That's awesome. So, so uh, I mean, uh, being from the, the generation... Uh, you know, of uh, let's call them technological migrants, which are people who uh, were not born in the time of the internet, but they saw the rise of the internet era. It has inspired me and, and even many of my colleagues, people my age, to get into technology because suddenly technology has become a big uh, part of everyone's life. Uh, I mean, technology is used in, in all fields, in all sectors, whether it's finance or medicine or uh, marketing. So it's, it's become a stable in, in everyday life. Everything we are actually using and interacting with has, a, is, is, has technological elements to it. Uh, in, in Malta, we've, uh, since it's a tiny island, the uh, advantage of that, we've always had a great and larger-than-life drive to actually uh, progress and catch up with the rest of the world and actually uh, make things better. So uh, for the past uh, 
let's say 20 to 15 years, uh, technology and IT and uh, information and communication technologies have been uh, like big sectors here that have been growing both academically and even uh, professionally. So it's, it's, it's been quite great. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a good location to be in the technology sector. Sometimes we have to go out, you know, to mainland Europe to actually go to conferences and see the latest trends. But coming back here is great for development for all the reasons I said earlier, such as <laughs> it's a very calm place to work from. And then you know, we can come up with some really beautiful uh, applications of, of, of technology. Sure. So I'm, I'm curious, where did you end up going to school then? Because you have your doctorate, correct? Yes, yes. I mean, uh, well, uh, first of all, I, I, a school like undergraduate school, I, I did it in, in Malta, which is a great thing uh, because the, cause it's really, really tiny, Kevin. I'm talking 318 square kilometers. How, how, uh, so what's the population? Uh, population of Malta, the one's around 450,000, I believe. So it's a very, very small population. Almost everyone knows everyone here. But the good thing about uh, growing up here and school is that there is no commute, really. You can sure. get from any side to any other side relatively uh, quick. Uh, we have one main university, which is the State University, which happens to be of really great international standard. Uh, I mean, it's 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 top class university, one of the best in Europe. Uh, the original campus is more than 500 years old because it used to be a campus of the Knights of Malta oh, wow. uh, many, many years ago. Uh, there's a lot of history in. Uh, uh, in, in, in Malta, so uh, the, the last stronghold of the Knights uh, of the Temple was actually Malta and they built a, a great university which has is, is, is been going on for, as I said, for almost 500 years. So I joined the University of Malta for my undergraduate studies to do uh, IT, mainly system engineering, system design and uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, I actually uh, fell in love with AI and, and machine learning at university because suddenly I started understanding and comprehending that this is something that can be used on a massive scale in many applications. Uh, so after I finished my undergraduate studies, I decided to actually go for postgraduate studies. So uh, when I wanted to do my master's and PhD, I actually followed a, a very interesting approach. I never looked up the universities that I went to study in. I actually looked up the professors. Interesting. So I I would you know uh, try to find a professor that you know I'm a big fan of their work and wherever they are, I will just go there and join a course just to be mentored by by uh, those professors. So I moved to the UK. Uh, in uh, around 2005, uh, where I did my uh, master's in financial engineering and knowledge management at the University of Bradford under the mentorship of uh, Professor Simon Shepard. Uh, and uh, the reason why I moved towards financial engineering is, is, is quite interesting. I mean, I've, I've always been obsessed with, with data and uh, acquiring information. So data acquisition, filtration, processing, extracting valuable information and actionable insights from data. And one of the uh, you know, uh, sectors that utilizes these concepts the most has been and still is the financial sector for the simple reason that you know, financial analysts or financial traders need to have acquire a lot of data and make a decision whether to buy or sell that particular stock 
depending on all the data, the more data they have, the more they can make an informed decision. So I moved towards financial engineering for, for that very reason. And I started designing systems that utilize things such as pattern recognition and uh, the modeling and stochastic analysis to actually look at financial patterns and uh, send automatic triggers to these uh, brilliant traders out there to actually them whether this is a good time to take that decision or not with specific confidence rate and we match different orders. Uh, so that's that's where financial engineering came in. For my doctorate, I moved down south in the UK, which is uh, the University of Essex. Again, following some footsteps of, of some academic that uh, I would be a big fan of. And in that case, it was Professor uh, uh, Dietmar Ma who was a professor of computational finance and economic agents at the University of Essex. Moved down south, uh, in computational finance. An interesting thing about computational finance and, and just to explain the difference between computational finance and financial engineering. In financial engineering, uh, you actually send triggers uh, to the traders after processing a lot of data to tell them that is a good time to take a specific action. With computational finance, you utilize more artificial intelligence and machine learning to come up with the systems and the models themselves that will autonomously make a decision uh, in the market or for portfolio optimization or for asset evaluation or for asset valuation. So it's, 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 it's a more uh, dynamic way of, of utilizing machine learning and, and artificial intelligence. And it's, it's creating a system that will just be self-sufficient and will just take the decision for the entity that it's, uh, it's uh, being utilized for, which, which is great, but sometimes dangerous if the systems are not designed uh, very well. So that's, that's where I did my doctorate. Uh, I've, I've uh, kept in close contact with, with the financial industries since then because applications are truly un, unlimited in, within the financial industry. It ranges from, as I said, financial trading systems to seasonality observation models to asset tracing and asset tracking and, uh, and different type of analytics that are related to financial industry. More recently, because I'm still an academic now, I still lecture at the University of, uh, of Malta as a resident academic. I'm moving more towards the applications of AI, big data analytics, not only in the financial industry, but also in other aspects such as telecommunications, uh, healthcare, and uh, social media analytics, which is a big, big uh, topic. And uh, big data, as you know, is becoming a buzzword. Uh, for the simple reason that we are we are constantly generating data. I mean, just us uh, making this this show at the moment, we're generating data that is going to be stored somewhere, that is going to be processed. It's uh, voice data, or when we exchange emails, that is data, and we are constantly generating data at, at an exponential rate. So coming up with the right systems that will be unable to understand all that huge amount and influx of, of data is, is extremely important and I think it's it's the future. Sure. No, I, I totally agree with you and that's partly why I really wanted you to um, be on the show and not only to talk about your startup but kind of what you're doing around the data and the data analysis and the big data and I'm, I'm kind of curious to get your take on what you think kind of the definition of big data is or if it's just kind of a buzzword or just kind of What's your interpretation of, of that? To, uh, to be very honest with you, I mean, big data is 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 a 
buzzword. I mean, it's, it's a popular term used to describe the, the exponential growth uh, and availability of data, whether it's both structured and uh, or unstructured. I mean, coming from the finance industry myself, uh, I've dealt, I've been working on uh, what is known as high frequency finance uh, for a couple of years, for more than eight years now. In fact, I was very lucky and privileged to have worked uh, in Zurich, Switzerland for uh, Professor Richard Olson, who is considered as the godfather of high frequency finance because he wrote the very first book ever called Introduction to High Frequency Finance in, in 1993. And if you look at uh, high frequency finance as a concept, it's financial data, but it's data that has huge volumes, variety, and velocity. The financial industry has always been uh, slightly more advanced technologically for the simple reason that it's, it's a very wealthy industry and uh, the main drive is always uh, to make more profit and to make better decisions. So their funding-wise, there's always been huge funding on the te technological aspects in, in finance. Because of that, uh, the rise of high-frequency finance around uh, you know, the year 2003-2004 allowed us to use a lot of the architectures, a lot of the mechanisms, a lot of the data analysis techniques, which are currently being used uh, in the big data world as, as, as new techniques. Uh, but in, in, in reality, it's, it's techniques that we have been using for, for many years. It's true that there's slight uh, differences in the sense that in finance, data tends to be a little bit structured because you only have numbers. But it's still very varied because you have price data, you have volume data, you have uh, volatility data, you have liquidity uh, rates. So it's, it's, it, it is very varied. Uh, the only difference was the structuring of the data. So with the current uh, big data architectures that are out there, they're mainly trying to solve the structuring problem and using different data uh, base uh, uh, mechanisms and, and, and technologies and architectures to just solve uh, the unstructured aspect of, of the new data that's coming. I mean, I just spoke about uh, social media. And social media have slightly different data sets because you can have text, you can have images, you can have videos and then that's very unstructured so finding ways to actually being able to process all these different types of data if it's uh, text you need to do sentiment analysis if it's uh, pictures you need to do some machine vision or facial recognition to it so it becomes a little bit more uh, complicated but it's actually using exactly the same basis or the same strong foundations that we have been using in, in, in high frequency finance so yes it is it is a buzzword but the, a very good buzzword and we're seeing it uh, uh, evolving because now we're moving from big data to lean data and fast data and different other interpretations. Sure. No, I, I think that's awesome. So I'm curious, how did you get so passionate about kind of big data and AI and computer intelligence and etc.? cetera? Uh, to, to be honest, I, I have always been a fan of science fiction. So growing up in the 80s and 90s watching movies like Terminator, for example, <laughs> where uh, the machine just gained conscious and, and it went after humanity because of, of many philosophical uh, reasons. And, and, and I've always been intrigued by that and I always wondered whether it's actually true. Can we design machines and can we design robots and can we design systems that can start uh, making autonomous uh, and independent decisions. We have 
rules of AI, such as, uh, you know, an AI-based system should never do something that harms its creator. But again, conscious to that, AI will be, since it's a form of intelligence, even though it's artificial, it's still a reflection of human intelligence. And as you know, humans are not really logical and are not really rational. So it's a very dangerous mix adding rationality and logic to human behavior and and eliminating emotions because it's very difficult to mimic emotion uh, in, 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 in a machine, which in finance may be great because you eliminate fear and greed from the decision-making. But when it comes to, I don't know, different other aspects such as, uh, you know, uh, machines that, you know, can take decisions uh, to use weapons, for example, that becomes really, really dangerous and you will not know whether they will use it properly or not. We know that they will use it logically and rationally, but is that good or not? No one knows. Sure. <laughs> so that's that's what always actually intrigued me to, to look into artificial intelligence and, and, and machine learning. Sure. No, I, I think that's awesome. And it's always interesting to me to learn about kind of why pa- people are passionate about what they do. And no, it totally makes sense. So maybe let's get into kind of your startup, schedule it, and uh, let's talk about kind of how did you come up with the idea and what exactly is it? So uh, Schedule is is a matchmaking app for uh, business professionals. Uh, the idea behind it is to help business professionals to maximize the potential of their available time by getting them to meet with compatible, relevant business matches. I mean, uh, one important thing to note is a good meeting can change someone's life. Whether you are me, I mean, whether you are meeting someone for the first time or not, you may meet someone uh, who will become a partner, will become a client, or become an investor in your company, as long as they are uh, relevant. Uh, so, being a matchmaking app. Uh, for business professionals, we use a unique compatibility algorithm that uh, uses a lot of machine learning and artificial intelligence that we've uh, just uh, discussed. And we mainly look at people's digital footprint. And uh, you'd be amazed at how much information can you get from someone's public LinkedIn profile, for example. I mean, tell me who are your friends, I tell you who you are. the type of people that you interact with and you add to your LinkedIn profile say a lot about you because their industries reflect the type of industries that you're willing to collaborate with. So if I mainly interact with people from the finance industry and technology industry, then I'm probably less likely to get along really well professionally with someone from agriculture. there is information about your employment history, your seniority rate, uh, your seniority level, uh, your education, uh, the keywords that you use to describe yourself, your public posts, things that you have posted publicly before, show a lot about uh, your interests. And that's how we start building a match uh, for the user. Now, Scheduled also acts as a personal assistant, meaning that it will learn about you the more you use Scheduled. It's like hiring a personal assistant for the first time, uh, first week or two, uh, he or she may not know a lot about uh, you or your character, but as they work for you, they understand more about your preferences. It's exactly the same with Scheduled. Uh, It works in a very simple manner. All you have to do after signing up is either announce your presence and 
people will bid for your time. And when I say bidding for time, there's no money exchange here. Time is actually money. And when people request to meet you, only if you accept to meet them, that's when you can start exchanging messages. The machine learning bit comes in when, for example, when someone requests to meet you, Schedule gives you a compatibility rate, whether this is a fantastic match, you really should meet them, or this is a medium match exploring new opportunities may be beneficial or this is a low match maybe you should you should move on to someone else however if you announce your presence and three people request to meet you one is a perfect match one is a medium match and one is a low match and you still chose the one that Shedut believes is a medium match then the system will recalibrate and will start understanding that this is maybe the type of profiles that you're interested in so it will learn more about you the more you use uh, Shedut in a way it's uh, like a dating app but for uh, business professions we would like to think that we are slightly uh, smarter than uh, <laughs> dating apps uh, even though it's 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 it's, uh, it's a billion dollar uh, industry now dating so we hope that one day will become a fraction of, of that. But the main thing with, with Shedute is that we, we want to encourage people not to leave networking to chance. Uh, the app helps uh, users to, as I said, maximize the potential of their free time by helping them set up fruitful meetings. All they have to do is to announce their presence and compatible matches in the vicinity will receive the notification and will be able to view the profile, view the compatibility rate, and uh, look at the schedule meter, and the schedule meter is how much percentage is 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 your compatibility rate. And only if two both parties are interested, uh, schedule will will uh, allow them to start messaging uh, each other. I mean, we're looking at new different functionalities that we are going to roll out uh, at Web Summit, which we're very happy to be participating at as a beta uh, company this year or a beta startup. We'll have new smart functionalities such as if uh, you announce your presence, let me use London as, as an example. Uh, in London, Paddington, someone else in Bayswater requests to meet you. If you both agree to meet each other, Shedute will suggest you a place in the middle to meet. Uh, this place will be relevant to who you are without you knowing it. So if it's two junior people, it will be a Starbucks in the middle. If it's two senior people, it will be a hotel lobby or Le Pan Quotidien. Also, now that uh, Uber has opened up their API access, we will be linking to Uber in the sense that if two people agree to meet and they set up a meeting location, they can order a cab to come and take them to uh, the meeting location. If they don't want to order a cab, Shedute will show them uh, the different uh, ways to get there, whether if they want to walk walk there or if they want to uh, take the bus or public transport or if they want to drive there. So we're adding a lot of new functionalities just to make the person's life simpler and to help them to network. And we're looking at networking as something extremely important because we're looking at it as an economic growth exercise. In the past or historically, uh, People had to build roads in order to facilitate trade and to make it easier to trade between one place and the other. We live in the modern era, we live in, in, in the technology revolution era, where it, the best ways to connect people is to put them through uh, the right contacts and get them to meet the compatible or the right business people that they may have a potential of taking the relationship, the business relationship, into a very 
fruitful collaborative uh, level. And if more people interact with more compatible uh, people, then it becomes by definition that more projects will, will happen, more collaborations will happen, and that's how an economy can grow, and that's how the economy will, will boom. And it's, it's all down to the human element, element the, the right people meeting each other. Sure. No, I think what you guys are doing is awesome. And I think the big thing, too, is when you go to conference or if you're traveling for work and you have, you know, one meeting or a couple of meetings or whatnot, you kind of want you have a lot of downtime and it would be nice just to meet like minded people or people that you could potentially work with or or even just network with, you know, in these locations. Right. And I think that's what you guys are doing is awesome. What you just said is exactly how the idea of Shedute was conceived. I mean, you couldn't have described it better. I mean, the way I thought of Shedute was was exactly similar to what 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 you've described. I mean, I was traveling to to Geneva, Switzerland. I do a lot of uh, consultancy work for different companies, and sometimes I just travel for one meeting, or sometimes I travel for. A potential client. So the way that it, it, it all happens is that I had to go to Geneva from Malta and uh, I could only fly on a Monday. My uh, meeting was Tuesday morning and I could only fly back on Wednesday. I had the meeting in the morning, which by the way, nothing came out of. Uh, I, went back, I, I, went, I went back to the hotel and uh, all I could do is to either look at uh, the news or code on my uh, laptop. And then it hit me. I said, what if there was a platform where I'd be able to announce my presence, say, here I am, I am here, this is all the information about me, and the platform would be able to show me who is around me in my vicinity, who is compatible with me, who is willing to meet me or has the time to meet me like this instead of having flown to Geneva just for one meeting I would have met three or four or five people and you never know the opportunity may come from where the more people you meet the more you're increasing your chances to find uh, a compatible match and to find someone to actually be able to collaborate with uh, and to come up with interesting uh, projects or do some interesting work for them so it's all about visibility and it's all about giving credibility to people as well because people need to be a part of of, of a credible platform and that's how it, it, the idea hit me and that was where the eureka moment uh, actually came from uh, you also mentioned conferences and and this is very interesting that you're saying this as well because when we first thought of Sheduit, we thought of it as this platform where you are maybe traveling or you're based locally you have some time to spare and you just announce your presence but recently, I mean, for the past three months, uh, we've been receiving constant uh, contact from conferences and conference organizers wanting to use Shedute at their conferences. And uh, the reason being is that they all obviously want their conference attendees to, to, to meet with other people during the conference. Uh, but there are two things that happen. First of all, a lot of conferences nowadays are uh, creating their own conference app. And one of the first questions they usually ask us is, uh, what is the difference between Sheduit and our own custom-made conference app? And my answer is always simple. I say, first of all, you guys do not have compatibility rate, which is extremely important. When someone wants to meet someone, sure. they, they really need to have a confidence rate. I do agree that when you go to a conference and you have a list of all people that are available there, 
it makes it easier to break the ice because everyone is a warrior behind the screen. So when people just look at someone's picture and all they have to do is click request meeting, they're much braver than actually going in and breaking the ice themselves. However, a major flaw with custom-made conference app is that the app dies the day the conference finishes. Sure. Schedule is carried with people throughout uh, the year, wherever they go, they'll always carry schedule it with them. Now, for conference organizers, this is extremely important because if they're organizing a conference in 2015, when they want to reorganize the conference in 2016, they will only have the list of the attendees of last year. If they use Scheduit, through Scheduit, not only we know the list of these 1,000 people that attended the conference this year, but everyone else they met with throughout the conference, uh, sorry, the, throughout the course of the year, which make the potential reach of any conference much bigger. It grows up exponentially because instead of uh, inviting 1,000 people through Scheduit, we can promote these events to more than a thousand people, to everyone else that these thousand people have met with throughout uh, the year, which makes it extremely an interesting proposition for them, which is why now we are gear like creating um, uh, custom solutions for conference organizers and events. Because one of the major flaws at conferences, again, and where networking fails really badly, is when people go to conferences, they either end up talking to people that they already know, which is really, really bad for networking. Sure. Or a lot of people are introverts, so they will stand in a corner drinking their coffee, hoping that someone will come and introduce themselves and say hi. But as, as, as I said, I mean, everyone is, is really brave behind the screen. So all, if all you have to do is to find who is compatible and just click request meeting, then if that person gets back to you, you can agree to have a coffee together. Or another flaw that happens at conferences that you, a lot of people, unfortunately, using uh, are used to stick to the very first person they meet with at the conference, which again might be the nicest person in the world and he or she may become a great friend, but it does not mean that they're compatible. So we're trying to facilitate networking, not only for people who are traveling or who are based locally or who have some spare time, but also for those uh, people who are going to conferences. Uh, so far, we have uh, participated with as the official app for around uh, seven conferences, and the reception has been overwhelming. I mean, in every conference, we have seen uh, case studies where people have met each other for the first time That's ever awesome. using Scheduit. Uh, I just came back from Belfast, where there was a big conference there called Digital DNA, and they had Scheduit uh, as their official networking app. And out of the 450 attendants, more than 200 people signed up to Scheduit, and we had more than 100 meetings that happened through Scheduit. In fact, one of the happiest moments I had during that conference was I was just sitting during one of the talks, and I just looked at the guy sitting next to me, and he was on Scheduit messaging someone. Uh, and I just asked him randomly, said, oh, how are you finding this app? He said, oh, this is great, man. I mean, I've been looking for this guy for the past three months and they just found him on this app and now we're agreeing to meet in, in the coffee break. That's I said, awesome. Uh, I was also a keynote speaker at that uh, conference, so my picture was in the booklet. So he then looked at me and he said, 
oh wait you are actually the creator of this app i said yeah i was just i, I was just trying to get some feedback from you so I, again uh, we had a very nice chat afterwards i i was asking him you know how many people he's met and he said he's met with this gentleman and he's also requested a meeting with someone else who just got back to him through the app uh, and it just made us very happy because then we kept on uh, following up with our users and we, we found out that so many people had very uh, successful meetings, even though uh, in, in Belfast or a lot of people who attended, many of them already knew each other, but we managed to actually make new people meet with newer people that they didn't even know that they're going to be there we're also extremely excited to be as i said uh, earlier at uh, web summit uh, we are hoping to get the thirty thousand people attending web summit this year to actually network uh, using schedule and we're really hoping to see some really good success stories whether people finding investors or finding co-founders or finding users for their different uh, applications so we were quite excited about that Sure. No, I think that's awesome. And actually, I'm attending a conference um, down in Florida in February where I'm going to be recording some shows. And I'm definitely going to pass you your, the app along to the founder of the conference because I think it would be awesome. And realistically, I think um, Schedule It will help me even find people to interview while I'm down there. So I'm and I've already started playing with it a little bit just since you and I started meeting. Um, the big thing is, is I think I'm just going to mention the URL quick and it'll be in the show notes yes. as well, just so people that are listening um, online or on the radio can uh, reference it later. But it's S-C-H-E-D-U-I-T dot com and definitely check it out. And I'm on there and, you know, whoever else around the world, there's there's a lot of already um, people using the thing. And so far, it's been awesome for me, and I think it's awesome what you guys are doing. And I, I love the idea of kind of matching people because, you know, I've been just to, on business trips or I'm down, say, in San Francisco or Los Angeles for the day or a couple of days, and I have like a meeting or two or I'm at a conference, and you're just kind of scramble through your LinkedIn connections and just randomly message people saying, hey, will you meet up with me? We don't really know each other or we do know each other or, you know, and it's just nice to be able to kind of cut that out and just know exactly who has time, who you're compatible with. And it's not a waste of people's time or your own time. Definitely. And, and, and uh, first of all, thank you very much for, 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 for sharing it. And, and, you know, we're extremely grateful for that. And uh, the, the other important thing to mention, and this is very similar to the paradigm shift that happened with, with online dating. I mean, 10, 15 years ago, it was a taboo to actually uh, date someone that you found on, on the internet. Nowadays, I mean, I travel to London a lot. I do a lot of work from, from there. Almost 90% of my friends who are based in London are actu have actually met their, their, uh, their partners online using online dating because a paradigm shift has happened and sure. we want exactly the same thing to happen with business networking uh, the thing with uh, business networking uh, with social networks like linkedin they were not designed for for that purpose so people usually find it strange when you message them on linkedin wanting to meet with a social or a reverse social network like schedule the whole purpose of actually being there is because you want to meet new people who are compatible and they're willing to meet you and collaborate with you so it's, it's, it makes it much easier 
and uh, and more straightforward to actually do uh, these uh, tasks. So uh, also speaking of our current functionalities, uh, first of all, we are honored and, and happy to have you as one of, uh, of our beta users. Uh, we are planning our uh, official launch uh, actually during Web Summit in Dublin uh, this November. So we are rolling out a lot of the new functionalities that I've just mentioned to you and it will be completely revamped. Uh, we are extremely grateful to everyone that has used uh, Scheduit so far. They have sent us a lot of positive feedback and without them we wouldn't have gotten so far. And because of that, everyone who is one of uh, our evangelists who adopted it uh, very early, even in the future when we start thinking about monetization, etc., they will always have a special place within within uh, Scheduit. So you, you, you will be automatically upgraded to a premium member in the future, Kevin. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I, I haven't been traveling uh, recently, but just because we've been working on a big uh, push here at work, but definitely in the future, I, I think I'm going to be traveling probably in the next month or two, or like I said, in February. So I'm definitely going to get back on it and, and use it again to network when I'm traveling. And I, I think that's, for me, that was the big reason I wanted you on the show, because it, it basically solves a pain point that I've had for a number of years. And when we connected on social media. I was like, oh my God, I got to interview this guy. So I'm, I'm super happy that you agreed to do the show. And uh, I think what you guys are doing is awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kevin. So I'm curious then, um, we're almost running out of time. So I'm kind of curious to know, in your opinion, kind of how AI or big data or even computer intelligence will help the world kind of in the future or is it already or just I think a lot of people don't really know exactly what that means. So maybe if you can kind of talk about how it's helping currently and where you think it'll go in the future. I mean, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very good point. I mean, uh, AI is whether we notice it or not, is, is a part of our day life. I'll give you a very simple example. If, if you if you type the words in Google, Google will finish the sentence for you. Uh, the way it will finish the sentence for you is different than the way it will finish it for me, even if we use two the same two uh, words or the same start of the sentence, because Google learns about what you've previously searched, and from those patterns, it actually can recommend for you the type of search that you may be interested in, in, in looking at. Uh, also in targeted advertising, I mean, on Facebook, uh, AI is being used uh, almost anywhere. I mean, also with mobile phone companies or with operators, the way they optimize the loads depending on uh, the different movements of people is all from the movement of data and from the capturing of data, they know that at different times of day, these places become much more busy, so they distribute the load accordingly. So learning from data is something that big corporations and also many startups, I mean, including us at Sheduit, we are uh, doing. Now, we are hoping that it, it will it is used for, for the benefit of, of humanity and to make actually life uh, easier and life simpler because as users uh, become more advanced, they will always look for two things, simplicity and uh, ease of use. Uh, this may have the, a drawback uh, in the sense that people will become a bit lazier because they expect things for granted, but it's, it's inevitable as technology evolves, as uh, new methods of acquiring data and learning 
learning from them. For example, we have deep learning, which uses things such as neural networks, which try to mimic the human brain on, on, a, on a massive scale, just to learn from your data and to give you suggestions accordingly. People will start becoming very reliant on that and may lose the human element, which is why Again, even us at Cheduit, we always ask for users' feedback. We still send questionnaires uh, that are very easy to use. They will be like a sort of game. All you have to do is burst some bubbles to answer some questions. But again, we need as much input as possible from, from users in order to make their life uh, simpler. Uh, another thing is that uh, AI, AI def is the future and, and I just want to make a point here because there is sometimes some negative press against AI and, 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 and the advance in, in robotics but it's, it's very simple I mean we've moved from uh, mainframe computers to laptops to small mobile devices to Google Glass and it's just a matter of time until people are going to start getting chipped and they'll be able to access the internet using their chips and we may have some philosophical arguments whether I mean we are going to alter human evolution because we'll have different types of people those who are chipped and those who are not uh, chipped but it's it it can also be for the benefit of humanity I mean look at its uses in medicine if it wasn't for artificial intelligence a lot of the medical advancement that happened recently would not have happened it's just because we have very small sets of data there is a very limited amount of how many human subjects we can use to actually learn from data but when we have machines that can learn that they can simulate and they can predict different patterns whether it's in genetics or whether it's in uh, diagnosis or whether it's in how would we create the best prosthetic legs this is actually making people's life better so there's upsides and downsides to almost every technology out there but I, I would really encourage everyone to look at artificial intelligence and machine learning more or less as, as a friend rather than as a, a threat to people. Sure no I, I think that's really good advice for people so if I wanted to you know kind of go to school or get into the field of you know big data or um, AI any recommendations on what to do? Is there any universities that are kind of better than others? I know you mentioned before that you kind of followed profs that you were passionate about, but you know that's not always the case and not everybody can just kind of move around the world. Is there anything that people should look for either at their local kind of universities and colleges that you'd recommend if they're looking to get into this industry? To be honest, uh, it's a very, very good question. And as I said, I, I, I sometimes wear my academic hat and it, it worries me uh, that because of the availability of information, there may be a time within the next 50 or 60 years where universities and colleges may become obsolete because we can just access all the information uh, and training that we need online, whether it's YouTube videos or informative material that's out there. People are becoming self-learning. Self but until then, I, I really encourage uh, people to do proper uh, research to understand what are the latest trends, but not only look at the latest trends because if it's the latest trend it means it's current it does not really mean that it's uh, the future so to make an informed decision about what are you passionate about first what you really want to do what drives you and from that you can predict where you want to be after 10 years from now and like that you can make the best choice of of, of let's say college or university 
the same way that happened to me. I, I never followed the name of the university. I just followed people that have inspired me because that human element is much, much more important than, than the college name. You may go to the best college in the world, but again, colloquially, we call it chemistry. We like to call it compatibility rate. If you do not have the right compatibility rate with the professors that are going to teach you, it doesn't mean they are bad. It doesn't mean they're not great professors. It just happens that you do not have the right synergy together that that may become a problem and we are noticing a new trend even big companies for example such as google or facebook or even microsoft they rarely look at your degrees nowadays they just look at what can you do and what have you done so people or young uh, aspiring uh, students or entrepreneurs they should make sure that they're keeping a good track record of what they've developed and know where they want to go and make sure there's always, you know, let's call it a digital footprint that shows what they have done, what they have achieved, achieved and that will take them to, to, to the next level in life. Uh, other than that, I mean, there's fantastic academic institutions that have been established. I mean, no one can deny that, you know, MIT, Harvard, Cambridge, and, and Oxford are the best schools in the world to actually go and, and study uh, anything. But not everyone may be fortunate enough to actually be able to go to these schools, but that does not mean in any way that is the end of the world or they should give up on their dreams. There are many, many other ways that will lead to more or less exactly the same results as if you went to these great schools. Wow. I think that's that's some really, really good advice. I think people forget about that. And sadly, we're out of time. This has been a really, really incredible interview. And I'm really, really excited and happy that you agreed to do this and you took the time out of your busy schedule so thanks again for doing this and maybe just kind of in closing let's mention a few places other than um, the app that people can find you online and again i will post these in the show notes definitely uh i on twitter i am at dr kablan d-r-k-a-b-l-a-n and on uh, LinkedIn, uh, maybe just search my name, Abdallah, A-B-D-A-L-L-A-K-A-B-L-A-N, Kablan is uh, my surname. Uh, but other than that, it's been a great honor and, and, uh, and I'm quite happy to have spoken to you, Kevin. Thank you very, very much for uh, giving me the time and uh, for allowing me to speak to you a bit about my background and about uh, Shadiwit. Awesome. Thanks again for doing this and we'll be in touch soon. Have a good one. Talk later. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can visit past shows at buildingthefutureshow.com. If you're going to the Startup Expo on February 16th and 17th in Fort Lauderdale, Florida and want to record an episode, please contact me. The music for the show is by Electric Mantra. Check them out at electricmantra.com. Until next time, keep building the future.